<laughs> the pressure of the intro. Hey everyone, it's Andreas and Jason, Young Hustlers. Thanks so much for joining our podcast today. Jason, what are we talking about, bro? We're going to quickly give an overview of the current market in August 2018. So, uh, Andreas, you want to start off with the real estate side? Sure, I'll give you the short version of it anyway. So we're in August, so the stats are back to July. But essentially what we have this month is about 15% absorption rate. And I'll let you know, absorption rate basically just means if we have 100 homes on the market, how many are being absorbed into the market in that period of time. So right now we're sitting at 15, one and a half out of 10. That's low, that's buyer's market. And that's pretty much throughout with the exception of a couple different price points. So inventory right now is up 8%. And sales are down 32% from the same time last year. So, so is this um, for the current month, or is this in comparison to this last is, year? This is more or less comparison to last year, but July. Since the month is not over, the stats are not out, right? So that's what we're sitting at. It's showing up that we're we're pretty steady on price. If you work in the market, you know it's pretty inaccurate because we have nothing but price reductions and we have a ton more inventory sitting on the market making it very challenging for sellers and a lot of fun for buyers. Buyers have options, so. So basically you're saying the market's becoming balanced if not affordable. It's becoming affordable, but it's not balanced. It's, it's geared right now 100% towards buyers. We head into July and August. These are strange months. They're usually quiet and in September things pick up again after everybody's in school and got all settled in. So right now the best bet for buyers is between a million and a half and a million three quarters in Abbotsford. That means that inventory is sitting the longest. You have options. The most active right now that we have is between eight and 900,000 where we have a 23% um, conversion of homes that are listed to selling. And um, we're still seeing a ton and ton of price reductions coming in and a lot of inventory piling up. So if you're a buyer, now is a lot easier for you to make a move than it was before. And if you're gonna be selling, you're gonna have a challenge with selling. And we covered that last time. You just gotta be priced really, really aggressively right out the get-go. Awesome, awesome. Uh, in addition to that, on the rental side, uh, the, the upwards pressure has decreased. Uh, so we're not seeing prices go up anymore um, because of the supply has increased big time. Renters now have options and now they can take their time. There's, I from, from my experience, I'm not seeing any more price wars, right? They're not trying to... It's rare to see multiple offers in our industry as well, right? Yeah. In fact, now we're seeing price reductions. We're seeing tenants negotiate their rent. Um, Incentives coming in. Exactly. Sometimes yeah. we're offering the rest of the month free. Sometimes we're offering free cable and internet. It just, those small incentives can go a long way. And uh, yeah. overall, you're seeing price reductions for rental prices, although not much, still between 200 to $500 on average. Uh, that being said, prices are still higher than before, but they're, the upwards pressure is not people as reduced. people forget that, right? There, there's still money <laughs> like to be made. Yeah. how high rental prices actually are in comparison to a year, two years, three years ago. 
rental prices are up, real estate prices are still up. It's just that right now we have more inventory, so it's taking a little longer to move everything. Exactly. And what I'm seeing is that now owners now require to float the mortgage. Rental income will not, uh, rental revenue will not cover your mortgage expenses. Uh, mm-hmm. Besides all the maintenance expenses and insurance and other taxes that you have to pay for your rental. Yeah. So if you are, be cautious of buying a rental property, make sure you buy the right deal because it's, it's unlikely, unless you get an awesome, sick deal, it's unlikely your your rental is going to cover mortgage. You know, that being said, that's when you put your minimum down payment and have an average decent uh, interest rate on your mortgage. So... So that's that was a quick update of the real estate market in BC for August 2018. Specifically for Abbotsford on my end. Well, I, I mean, uh, Andreas, you, you do speak of Abbotsford, but it, it does reflect. It, it, <laughs> right, right. But it does reflect an overall um, kind of like it, it does affect overall of all of BC, mainly in the Fraser Valley. It does. All right. I mean, it's not like if I was to compare Abbotsford to Vancouver, it's a wholly, totally different market. But then even in Vancouver, you're seeing price reductions. Cause, For sure. Uh, We're just seeing that all across the board right now. We got twice well, as exactly. much inventory as we did at the beginning of the year, and that has to go somewhere. Yeah, right. And right. all those pre-sales, the constructions are now almost completed, and that's adding supply. I mean, people are definitely moving into BC, just not as quick as the supply is increasing. So... That's good news, right? I mean, it could be bad news for some, but it's also good news. Uh, these kind of market corrections, and it's not a crash. It's a correction, in my opinion. That's a better way of saying it. Um, it helps the market stabilize and really actually creates a stronger market for the long run, in my opinion, right? Historically, these months are slow, but what we're seeing right now is like three years, four years ago kind of a market. So. less in sales, 8% up in inventory over last year. That's a huge difference. So, Andres, let's talk about this. Six years ago, (laughs) I started six years ago, right? Yeah, six years ago. You started six years ago. If I asked you this question, would you be able to answer this? When you first started as a hotshot realtor, right? And (laughs) I bet you anything, you probably told... You probably told your clients you knew everything, right? Like you knew a lot of it and you're still learning and experiencing. But could you, you know, could you like just simply tell me and explain the market to me at that time? Like if you look back now, at that okay, time, I'm so sure you thought about it. Okay, but now if you look back. This way. I was fortunate in the sense that the team that I partnered up with had incredible systems and had over 100 years of knowledge between them. And that's the only thing that I leaned on. I looked like I was 16, I didn't know very much, I tried to learn as much as I could, and whenever I didn't know the answer, I literally just told people, hey, like, it's obvious, like, you're young, it's, they're, well, they're, they're gonna know that you're man, not you barely grow a beard, industry. come on. Dude, I can't, I still can't grow a beard, yeah. but all I would do is, <laughs> luckily, like, back then, buyer's market, the listings that I got, fortunately, were old people, and I reframed everything, right, like, do you want a realtor that has no time for you, like, I'm new. I got nothing but time. Let's roll. What do you need, right? So I had to go off of that. I had to I had to ping off the fact that I was with a team that is experienced behind me and anything that I don't know, I can go to ask, right? And that was that was fortunately that was what we were doing. And then it didn't work out very well. My first year I worked in a same amount of hours. So, so, so how did y'all start? Like if I may ask how did you just why real estate? Like clearly you have a passion. 
you enjoy it. You I like talking about it. something bigger. Like, I did... T- oh, tell like, us a little bit. I'll about. give you, like, yeah, 30-second update. So, I yeah. did... I did landscaping, and then I went landscaping hourly to buy the job, because I realized there was more money in that, so I started charging more money. I did RV sales, I did car sales, I did renovations, anything that I could that would be sort of relevant to this industry, because I always wanted to do something bigger. And for me to jump from a $50,000 car to a $500,000 home was just a huge gap. But after doing car sales, I knew that I wanted to do something different. And the family having done real estate their whole entire lives, not realtors, but dad investing in real estate all over the place and and that kind of thing, um, gave me a little bit of an understanding. And the like you're asking me why real estate? Seriously, it was not why real estate, it was why entrepreneurship. And what I right, got right. what I got to witness was dad was home with the family a lot and he'd fly out occasionally, a couple times a month, handle his business, but he'd be home, he'd be in his home office and he'd be working. But we had access to him anytime. And I knew very, very young, like nine to five just isn't for me. So I kind of made the commitment, I don't care how long it takes, I'm going to figure this out because I don't want someone to dictate when I can and can't go on holidays, how late I am when I'm not working, <clears throat> or if I'm working twice as much, twice as hard as somebody else, why I'm not getting paid mm-hmm. the difference. Mm-hmm. So I knew entrepreneurialism or whatever, that was for me, entrepreneurship. I just knew I needed to go that route. What about you, man? <laughs> I guess I come from similar setting. I always knew I was young. I did not want a job. I mean, my parents put high expectations on me uh, since I was like, I was like young, and my mom's like, "You're gonna be a lawyer." Dad's like, "You're gonna do this and that." And I mean, these they're great parents. They'd never put pressure on me, right? Um, but they've said that you gotta do this, right? We we don't want you to live our lifestyle like yeah. we, they're immigrants they had nothing they had to work long hours different jobs and then eventually my dad started his own business as a convenience store and mom started her own business uh was a salon mm-hmm. a home home salon right and uh mom's still doing it till this day and she loves her life she's always i always had access to my mom always was there um my dad wasn't there at first uh, when he was in his convenience store I was never used to see my dad mm-hmm. until early mornings or late nights and knowing the fact that he wasn't there I, I always knew that he was always there for us he always took care of us I knew yeah, I what he was sacrificing even though you don't f- totally understand what the heck your dad's doing but you just thought it was like a part of life and I remember going through these ups and downs like I never had a room bedroom growing up um, my bedroom was our family room at that time, and like, you know, I I, I wasn't I didn't feel entitled to a bedroom. You know, like I thought it was like this is the way of life, this is what we have to sacrifice, and this is how we make it and grow. And I, you know, you don't fully understand business, you don't fully understand the value of money, you don't fully understand a lot of different things, but you just know the commitment your parents put in, the time they put in, the the love, and knowing their sweat. And work they put for you like you you kind of always remember that it's like mm-hmm. engraved in your mind and anyways while growing up i realized that when i first started my first job i hated it seeing all my parents had the flexibility seeing how they're always on the grind you but know they probably put their 10 years in before that you know well, I mean? well exactly this and knowing why we're lucky we're doing this well, now so exactly we kids we actually have time with them yeah exactly my parents work ethic while we were young was exceptional it was amazing like i was uh, it was unreal. My mom would put 15-hour days. 
my dad would put 15 hour days right now obviously it's a different story but back then i i remember that i was like holy crap my sister and i you know pretty much grew up together and took care of each other and then we pretty much were my younger sister's like parents you know mm-hmm. while they're working and we were good we were good kids and anyways my dad became a realtor and then i saw the flexibility and i saw how he went from rags to riches from as a realtor from nothing into owning multiple homes and like building our house and from that point on i'm like okay my parents can do it I came from nothing as i grew older i became wiser i would say but uh, I'm like, Frick, if they can come from nothing, my dad came with $20 on his name. And they can grow and go through all this turbulence in their life and lose everything. I remember my dad went through, all, my parents went through a lot of shit and lost a lot of in their life as well. But anyways, if they could still make it and still manage, even despite of nothing, having nothing and still manage and grow, I'm like, fuck, I, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I know I can. If I can't do it. Then I'm just a loser. Question um, for you, bro. Now that you bring that up, so when you were younger, did people sort of have it, like? Did they sort of make you feel like you were gonna make it or you weren't gonna make it, or was that you and your own sort of? I know I'm going to make it, and I'm gonna keep going. You know what I mean? Like, did you have your, Did you have the confidence that you were gonna push through until you made it? No, I did, did not. You, did, did other people tell you you were gonna do good, or like how? That uh, I didn't have the confidence. Um. I don't know how to explain it, but I, I've always, like, my one of my closest friends while growing up knows this. I mean, you know, back in the MSN days, I used to just sit there and just like daydream and think of new ideas, new You've ways to make always money. Always been an ideas guy, man. Years ago, when you first started property management, you used to call me all the time. You used to sit out, go to Starbucks, and it'd always be ideas, 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 yeah. ideas, right? <laughs> Like, you've always been so creative, and you've always had this, like, drive for something more, something bigger, don't know how, let's keep thinking, let's strategize, let's partner. I, I, I don't know anything different about that. Like, that's my way of life. It's entrepreneurialism, man. It's I, like, you're, you're always trying to come up with a creative solution to any problem. Like, you're always looking for problems and trying to see how to solve them. I'm not sure why or how, but I've, I've always thought that. None of my ideas when I was young, I, I thought of something new every day. Shit you not Every day I'm coming up With some crazy ideas But the one thing I lacked Was confidence Of pursuing something While being young Right mm-hmm. And that is one of the Big things that, So like, what made you Actually do back. that Like what, at what point Did you just decide I'm going to go And do it Cause you got your degrees Right I Okay I think I think uh, When I first When I was in university When I first started I Started my first MLM business Mm-hmm. And I got a lot of crap, you know, from people, you know, made fun of and all that. And I started that. But I started learning, started talking to the people, the people in the MLM. And the best thing about joining an MLM, a good reputable MLM, the the support team is unreal. It is. And that's how they get you hooked, right? The support yeah. team was so unreal. And yeah. the things that they taught me, and a lot of it was about, like, is motivational, inspirational. A lot of it was, like brainwashing too sure that you're gonna we're gonna you're gonna have this big house you're gonna have this nice car well, for sure they're selling you the they're world. selling you the vision because you you don't have any success to build on from previously yeah so you need a big vision to motivate you to get exactly all the bullshit that you're gonna go through and the bigger picture was like but they, they also the true mlm guys like the, the 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 players on the top they're the they were so inspirational they were so motivational they, they really made you feel like they, they made you feel amazing like 
into like you you made you feel like you're you're going to some bigger you're, you're, you're part of something part bigger. of something bigger yeah. there we go yeah. better words to say yeah. and it's just that that pursuit was all I needed yeah. right now I would like to compare and it's gonna offend a lot of people but like I find that because I was a Jehovah Witness as well so that was my when I was while growing up my whole life until I was like 14, 15 I find so many similarities of our like our what do, they, what do you call those uh, those preachers or speakers whatever mm-hmm. you call them very very similar to like top like CEOs or MLM guys or you know, priests, because they're leaders in the leader, field exactly, the other, right? and all these leaders are yeah. just the way they direct you, sure. the, the way they bring hope in your life was unreal, yeah. and that really got me motivated. And then the biggest turnaround, turning point in my life was, I, I guess I wasn't fully confident in myself, and I started uh, going to gym and I started making a life, you know, a life change and what I ate, and I started my parents started changing and. No, that's you realizing you have control over an aspect. Right. The more you build upon that, you start to right, take right. control of other things as well, right? And as soon as I was confident in myself, yeah. my physical appearance, I realized, you know, like, that, that really made me confident. That really made ago, me How outgoing. many years ago was that? I was when I was like 19, 20-ish. Yeah. Like, so, I was confident. So at that cocky point, confident. At that point, it's super crucial, right? Like... Right now, I don't even give a shit, really. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I want to make sure I'm healthy, but like big muscles, that kind of thing, I don't actually care. Like my confidence is now in myself, the same way your exactly. confidence... Exactly, it adapts, right? But when you're young, that's so, so crucial. Go to the gym, man. You're, like, it helps with everything else that you yeah. have, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like I always went to the gym, I always exercised, I was always an active guy, I was running, right? But like, I was never like, I never looked healthy. Yeah. You know, I was just, like a bit overweight and I still go ups and downs, but like, at that point in my life, when I really got leaned out, it just really brought so much confidence in my life. And that stuck to me. That really, really stuck to me. Now, I, I do see there's a correlation to my physical well-being and my confidence levels. It's a, I think it big, just, big it's just how you feel about yourself. Well, exactly. That's really what it comes down to. Because when you're an entrepreneur, you get beat right. up all the time. All the time. All from, the time. From, especially from your loved ones. Don't actually go and tell everybody else what you're doing in your family. Direct family, you don't need to tell them shit. Because they are, they want the best for you, so they're scared of anything that you're doing. So they're always going to take their negative yeah. doubts or whatever, <laughs> and then they're going to they're gonna put them on you. So you go and tell mom, I just joined this, and they go, oh, what is this pyramid scheme bullshit? And the reality is, I think... If you guys want to make money at a young age, the best thing to do is partner with a good MLM company and learn from them because you're going to get coaching, you're going to get sales coaching, free. business coaching. Well, they'll relatively cheap. For, they'll pretty much train you for free. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have that grit to pursue it and to do it long enough, and if you find a product that you can believe in, <laughs> that you really believe in, then once you get good, it's so easy. It's so easy. Well, you hit it right there. Like, you have to believe in what you sell. Yeah. You have to fully believe in it. If you don't, people will recognize that. People around you. Although, you you know, they say fake it till you make it, right? But it only goes so far. bullshit, man. Right? Like, you're selling you and your business and I'm selling me. We're not really selling the product. People come to us. We take care of them. But we're, we're, we're essentially a product. They can go to other people for services. Well, we're exactly. The product. So we believe in ourselves so much that we've become the product. 
that, that's that's good point. Yeah, right? You know, there's so much competition. Why would they choose you over the guy next door, right? Yeah. It, like, it has to be about you. And you have to sell yourself as a brand, as a person, as a, a lifestyle. And uh, I think that's still key. That's still, like, a lot of people forget that. A lot of people think that the, it, perfection is key, but it's not. It's about you. It's about understanding yourself. If you don't understand yourself, how are you going to be able to grow yourself? The way that right. I was taught is like you have to love yourself in this in the way that you have to say I'm awesome and I'm becoming more awesome because when you're a young entrepreneur, right. there's not a lot of reasons for you to believe in yourself because well, you don't have a track record. But part of loving yourself is also understanding what you love, right? And focusing on that. So many people try to focus on their negatives and try to make like I need to better that. Yeah. You know what? Screw that. Go focus on your positives. Your strengths. Okay, so what you, I, I get what you're saying. So at one point I agree, one point I disagree. Because you do need to be self-aware of where you're bad at. And right, find a, right. And find a way to work right. on it. But the point is, there's there's enough bad things to focus on. Don't focus on your weakness. Double down on your strengths. So I think that's what I hear you saying. So why did you start with the, the property management as an example? That's That's been your, that's been your, your key to many other outlets. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think a, a big part of it is that uh, I guess one of the reasons why I joined MLM back in the day was like I really loved the idea behind residual income. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the imbalance of income. Um, yeah. No offense, I know. Like, there's times where you make good money, and there's times oh, where you no make offense, nothing, bro. right? This is commissioned sales. And it, to me, because growing up in that, like, in a home where my dad made did really well in some years, and some years he didn't do so great. I, I could see how it affected him in an emotional way because he's got to take care of us, his, you know, to take care of the family. He's got to take care of other expenses in his life. And it wasn't easy, right? So I could see the ups and downs of that. Now, overall, it was great. But I personally didn't enjoy that. I could feel that pressure. And that made me want to go into something with the, that's more residual. Not a job, but something that was more of a... Uh, almost, almost like a guaranteed paycheck. Now, there's no such thing as guaranteed, yeah. but more of knowing the fact that you will get some kind of income, right? Now, that's one side of it. The other side of it was after doing my degree, I realized in life, everything's about systems. Everything's about organizing, you know, organizing things around you, the team around you, um, having the right systems with the right people around you. And I noticed that there was a big flaw in our system, in at least in the Fraser Valley, that not many were you know the solving and uh after doing some i did some real estate too for a few months and i just like ditched that worked a bunch of different jobs and i realized one of the biggest things was i saw my dad he had his multiple properties and he's always had till this day always had like heartaches with his properties just just people not paying rent screwing around yeah mismanagement forgetting things things like that and it happens right especially when you have like lower end homes I'm like dad how is it that you are not able to manage this small portfolio when I hear stories and I read you know read stories in the states people have over hundred to thousands of properties how, how the heck do they manage all those properties and here you're like thinking that like this is taking up all your time to just manage a small portfolio I'm like then I realized I clicked in I'm like systems and I'm like, if my dad has this problem, I would almost guarantee hundreds of different people in this area have the same problem. Yeah. And uh, that's when I jumped in, and uh, the rest was history. Bro, but you got you got um, 
you got a bunch of background on that too. Like your good communication now. Like your communication is really, really good now. Like you, you worked for Telus for a long time as well. You were. Uh, not sorry. That. It was uh, Bell and oh, then sorry. Rogers. Yeah, yeah. Bell, yeah. So Bell you worked Rogers, for yeah. Bell and Rogers. You did yeah. extremely well in that. And you left again. You left stable paychecks. I don't know about you. I haven't had a stable paycheck in probably eight or nine years. That was hard. Don't get me wrong. While I was in university, I worked at Rogers part time. And that was really good to, you know, help, you know, pay for university and, uh, you know, just expenses and whatnot. That was great. I mean, you're making me think about it. Like, that was awesome because I had the flexibility and I could, like, pursue ideas and dreams. And I, I tried several several different types of businesses. And I failed on all of them. And the failures have uh, provided me great experiences. Can great. I stop you? For our listeners... This is what you have to realize. Like, between Jason and I, the amount of failed ventures that we have, it's a long, long list. It's either we started something with a ton of enthusiasm, it died down because of a lack of support, or because we're the ideas guy, we didn't create the systems or the team to execute, mm-hmm. or we just started something, we lost the passion for it, or we listened to the people in our lives that told us it was a bad idea and we believed them. I don't know how many different things I've started and stopped between like MLMs or different businesses or companies I've tried, like lots and lots of things. The average millionaire, I think it starts 17 businesses before they make it. And you, the key is you got to learn something from every single one. And every single one, I have one that I probably lost 30,000 from. And every single one you have to learn from. And I'm stoked that it happened at this age. I don't want to be 50, 60 years old going through this. And if you're 50 or 60, fantastic, you still have time. But the beauty of it is, we are failing young and we're mm-hmm. failing often. And the more that you can fail when you're young, if you pay attention, if you study and if you learn, that's something that in the years moving forward, you can probably avoid and build your empire on. You know, you're right. So right. Because like, when I first started my clothing line, I got bashed on. And I'll tell you, that was one of the best ventures I've ever done in my life. That really got me out Dude, you there. you had to learn every system in a business I to do that. I didn't know shit about... Between finding the people, <laughs> the product, like what you can and can't outsource, how to sell the product yeah. when you get it, where to... Like, oh I, my I didn't even gosh. know the difference between cotton and polyester. And I was here, yeah. I was selling cotton and polyester clothing. And yeah. I, I didn't know how to explain yeah. it. So I had to like teach myself that. I didn't go to school for it. Start a business, guys. You'll learn yeah. so much quicker. It's so much quicker. But it's not even that... The people you will meet. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. I, I There's so many friendships I made from that yeah. business that still have lasted with me to, till today. And it has gone a long way. Bro, how and did, it turned we, into how something did else. we meet? We met, I think, at the Remax office and through entrepreneurship. entrepreneurship well, yeah, I saw a video there. of you and I remember I said, I'm like, you're Mr. Real Estate. Oh, Facebook. Saw, yeah, I'm like, I saw you on <laughs> Facebook. It was so funny. It was, a, it was like, a, like a low quality video you made. Oh, yeah. But I remember, I'm like, I know old, this guy. And I was thinking about joining Remax, but oh, that was a different story altogether. Yeah. Yeah. And, but you know what? When I, before I started property management, except my parents, every single person around me said not to do it. Like, what are you doing, Jason? Oh, for sure. That's a crap job. That is... The shit of the shit. Like, you're not going to make any money. You're. Why would you leave your... I was a manager at Rogers at the time and... Uh, you lose if you if you believe people. In this well, exactly. Time. Every single person, I'm telling you right now, except my parents, told me not to do it. 
Okay, dude. And they call, the me, they, they call me a fool for leaving my job for this. Because you got a steady paycheck. Yeah, and there's one thing my mom yeah. still said to me and it's still, like, still like stuck to me. And uh, I'm like, mom, should I, should I do this? Should I quit? And should I do it? Like, I was like kind of worried because like you're going to lose a, a paycheck. And I got student bills, you know, student loans. I got bills to pay. I, you know, I, I don't live a lavish lifestyle, but I got bills to pay, right? And she's like, Jason... I think I remember telling you that. She's like, Jason, if you want to fly, stop walking. And at that moment, I'm like, that's it. Like, yeah. Never has she said anything like that, like, to, like ever, <laughs> man. I'm telling you, never. Th- these kind of words never come out of my mom's mm-hmm. mouth, you know? Either she, she's usually bitching at me about something that, mm-hmm. totally random, but never has she said something so inspirational like it was like wow and at that point I'm like holy smokes I gotta do this yeah. I gotta do this and yeah. I just left of course see you hit a point where you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and then you said you know what I'm going to do it whatever it takes I'm going to do it and when you have that decision in this in business where you just decide I don't give a shit how much I have to sacrifice at this age how much I have to learn what money I lose how many times I fail I'm just going to go and make it at the end of the day, we want it more than we... Like, we, we want this so bad in the sense that anything 9 to 5... Like, give me 200 grand to sit in a cubicle, I will never take it. I don't <laughs> want that shit. That shit's disgusting to me. And yeah. if you do make 200 grand, I mean, that puts you, what, top 10% of the world probably. But that's just not how my brain works. That would be torture for me. I can't do mm-hmm. it. I need to live the life and build the life that I want. Having the ability to be able to leave your office or, like, work out of Starbucks or even your bed. Whatever. Is amazing. You go on a vacation and still work. Yeah. And, and we do, unfortunately. I, <laughs> Sometimes well, well, we do. But that's good, you know? Sometimes like, a balance of that is yeah. important. I love traveling yeah. and being productive at the same time. Bro, I was working on an offer today and I was yeah. fishing at Harrison Hot Springs. You know what I mean? Like, it's... That's awesome. It's awesome. It, it, that's, it's a way of life. And I think... I, I think we found entrepreneurship cool not because the media said it's cool, we but we always freedom, wanted it. We actually believed in it. We we loved it. I we, saw what normal was and I didn't want it. Like we, if you think about it, Andreas, we started this whole entrepreneurship lifestyle before it became like a thing. Like now, entrepreneurship is like sexy. 12, it's 12 cool, years ago for me, bro. right? And that's what I mean. But. I, I mean, I you started much, much earlier than me, but I always had this mindset yeah. that, like, I'm going to do something. I don't know what it is, yeah. but I'm going to do something. Let's end it off with this. One quick story. So just so you guys know, as far as, like, you guys starting a venture and deciding to risk it and go for it, the people in your life that love you dearly, they don't want you to fail, but they will throw their negative doubts and all of their lack of belief or whatever it is they will throw that on you and if you believe them you'll lose and I'll tell you I'll tell you this my mother and I love her dearly um, when I hit almost $100,000 in debt after my divorce and starting real estate two years in my mom was pretty much hands and knees begging me to stop doing real estate and granted this was when I was probably 45 pounds lighter than I am now like, really? I looked like <laughs> shit and I was battling my own demons like crazy. Couldn't move property for the life of me because I wasn't right. So I wasn't attracting the right kind of people. She was begging me to quit. 
But even during that, that much of a low, I knew there's, if I quit now, I quit like the next 50 years. Like I could not make that decision to quit. And she said, go back, sell cars. You don't have overhead. You know how to sell cars. And I didn't. And it was seven months after that, that I made my first hundred grand. So always, guys, always step outside your company. Guys, believe in yourself. Listen, learn. But don't listen too much to the people in your life because you need to make that decision for you. Good? Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. It's your life. You got to build it. All right. Thanks, podcast. Thanks for listening to Andreas and I. Where can we find you, Bugra? You can find me on Instagram, on uh, on any pretty much Spotify, Anchor. Follow us, like us. Jason Bugra, what's yours? Mr. Real Estate. Boom. <laughs> All, All right, right, boys and girls, later.